Hey guys, welcome to the Appreciate Empower podcast. Today I have some amazing guests on the show. Uh, please welcome George and Hannah. Hey guys, how you doing? Hey, 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 thanks for having us on, Abdul. Really appreciate it, guys. So, just to give everyone a bit of background uh, about these guys, um, I've, I've seen a, uh, an Instagram post about the level of success that they've had over the past year because we were talking about this conversation on being positive. Uh, these guys have sourced £2 million worth of property in the last eight months. They've launched their first service accommodation unit, which is still profitable during you know, these unprecedented unpre- unpre- times. Uh, they bought two heavily below market value properties, one which is 100% plus return on investment, uh, 8% funded by investors who will receive 6 to 8% return on their money. Uh, they rapidly built an, un- an offline brand, which drives most of their business. Um, I think for me, what really stood out to me was the level of authenticity that they have, but also the very down to human approach when it comes to building the brand. So I wanted to get these guys in the show, not only to tap into their journey and and kind of talk about how they had the rapid success that they've had, but also to talk about how they've built their brand. Uh, and I think that's going to be a conversation going forward. So guys, tell me, how did you guys get into property? Where did the journey start for you guys? Um, so for me, my property journey didn't start really until I met George. So I've been in the IT industry since probably like 2011 um, and was working my way up in the organisation, so some project management and account management, um, which puts me in good stead now. But I hadn't really thought about property uh, until I met George. He's definitely got much more of a background in it. Yeah, so I was, uh, from about the age of 18, I was working in the building trade, predominantly plastering and rendering. Um, But at that time, that sort of wasn't my goal of where I wanted to be. At that time, I wanted to be a solicitor. So Mm -hmm. I went on to do my three years at university, and I actually worked out in China uh, in the legal sector for a while. And um, again, that was something that I definitely didn't want to do for the rest of my life. I didn't want to be an employee. I wanted to sort of control my destiny, destiny and be an entrepreneur. So um, I went, I went off travelling for a while just to sort of gauge what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And while I was there, I got into project management of, of refurbs and stuff like that, and I really enjoyed it. So then, when I got back to the UK, I pursued that, um, and I was doing a lot more project management. But at the same time, I was doing a lot of investments up in London with my dad. Uh, just small investments and um, at the same time as that Hannah and I were reading um, a lot of um, property books and business books as well as uh, going on a lot of free courses and also networking at at property events and stuff like that so um, that was sort of the way that we got into property but I'm I'm quite bad with taking the plunge well I was quite bad with taking the plunge Mm -hmm. I love taking the plunge now with new businesses and stuff like that but at the time, I, I wasn't. And um, one day, Hannah had just sent me a screenshot of company's house saying, Do God Property Limited is, is open. So uh, that's sort of the way we got into property. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and how scary was that jump for you guys? You know, is it something that was like you guys were dreading and procrastinating? Because you guys have had a, you know, in space of eight months, you've done incredible. So, like, how how easy or how difficult was it for you guys to make that jump and, and get the ball rolling? Oh, thank you for your kind words. Um, for me, it was quite easy. Um, I'm quite impulsive. George balances me out massively, which works well. Um, but I'm always of the opinion, just do it. 
um, what's the worst that can happen? And we always had the fallback as I was still in my job. So for me, it wasn't a huge risk. George was coming to the end of his job. Um, when me and George met, I lived in Wales. He lived in the Isle of Wight. So he was relocating to Wales anyway. So we was already going through such a big change. It was the perfect timing in my eyes. And I kind of just thought, well, you can either move to Wales, try it. If it doesn't work out, then get a job. But we're financially fine. Um, or we do it, we take the lead, it's a success, and we roll with it. And luckily, that's how it how it turned out. Yeah. For you, I think it was a bit more scary, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a, it was a bit scary, but I did have Hannah's sort of positive attitude that, you know, and, and joining in the Facebook groups and joining all these positive groups just sort of gave me that drive and, you know, people saying things like, look, do it you can come up with tons and tons of excuses why not to do something but just do it and you won't regret it and having that positive community and also having Pano who's a very positive person just you know gave me that sort of drive to do it and um and sort of took the scary element out of it a little bit mm. do you guys talking about these facebook groups do you guys kind does it get to a point where you get a bit tired of these facebook groups like there's a lot of content out there and there's a lot of noise out there so how do you kind of filter through you know who the real experts are how do you what information do you consume and what information don't you consume how do you guys filter through all of that so i think facebook i i do think it's good for, for marketing and stuff like that but the main thing that I've found that's great for Facebook is the community. And if you go onto a Facebook property groups and things like that, it's just the support you can get. Um, me and you both are in the same in the same group, aren't we? The property newbies group. And and I think that's an absolutely brilliant group for any sort of question you have, any sort of support you want in anything you post in. And I think it really does give you the support. Um, there are some groups that, you know, there's a lot of um, arguing on them and it's just noise at the end of the day, exactly like you say. Some of them are just groups that aren't really, haven't got that community feel, but mm. there are certain groups that, that, that I network a lot in and I really do get a lot back from them. Mm. And do you guys like you know there's a lot of you know there's a lot of positives in what you guys have done what what are some of the nightmares that you guys have come across because you know it has it can't be all just pretty straightforward and simple for you guys right like correct me if i'm wrong but there's got to be some kind of bumps in the road tell me, tell me some of the bumps in the road for you guys there's always problems with property don't listen to anyone who says it's easy um there's one standout time for us um, that was a huge challenge and it was the first time a deal had gone wrong but not from our doing um we had it was that we'd taken on a new client um which is always a huge a huge achievement and you want to prove yourself and you want to make sure that our investor feels like they're in safe hands and we'd secured them um a really good deal um if it's come off it would have had amazing returns and that was actually a direct to vendor deal that we had uh, sourced through someone who was actually in our power team at that time um there was a few bumps in the road to begin with um to do with the seller they we secured it we'd agreed to a price and then they were trying to get a bit more and um, but we overcome all that that was fine handled it all uh, professionally investor was still happy proceeding with the sale and then a few weeks in 
we'd had a phone call from our investor who was not happy from the uh, email they had just received from the seller, basically saying they either needed to increase their offer by something silly about like 20k, or they were selling it to someone else because they'd found a new buyer. And this completely came left field to us. We wasn't given any heads up. It wasn't discussed to us. And as I said, that person was in our power team. So it, it was a huge blow at that time of trust, of communication. Um, and we hadn't experienced anything bad up until that time. So it, it was quite emotional for us. Um, so handling that was a huge blow. Um, we obviously refunded our investor. We've got, we've maintain a good relationship with our investor and we'll hopefully do future work with him and but the sad thing of that we could no longer and um, work with our person in our power team so we had to replace them which was quite hard because at that time we felt our power team was solid and um, so I think that was a massive obstacle we had to overcome yeah definitely and and I just wanted to add that uh, another obstacle we had a lot um at the beginning um was just handling the amount of rejections that we were getting um, at the beginning it was just constant rejection after rejection and you just thinking when are we ever going to get this this deal that everyone goes on about but it's just having that mindset to sort of think you know you've got to go for no and every single no is one step closer to the yes and just having that mindset to just keep going through the rejections because you will get the deal you want Mm. I've noticed in a recent Instagram post, George, you talked a bit about mental health. Um, how important, you know, tell me how that conversation came about for you, but also how, how important it is to look after your mental health, because I think this is a conversation that isn't really had within the property industry. Everything seems to be very positive and you'll have a bit of knockbacks and et cetera, but it's like mental health isn't something that we talk about. So. What are your thoughts on mental health and, and how do you and how do you guys kind of deal with with that personally? Uh, mental health is a massive thing and it should be something that's discussed um, more, especially within entrepreneurs. Um, so you'll have seen George's video and he uh, talked about his anxiety, but he's come such a long way from when I first met him. I think working as a duo um, has really helped. and. I come from a corporate background I'm very much of the sense that you need regular breaks you don't need to overdo it there's people who are on social media who want to brag how they work in stupid hours every day um, but I'm very much of the opinion there's only so many hours you can be productive for um, mm. I think that definitely helps in making sure you're eating well you're getting enough sleep you're having regular breaks and I make sure that we do all of that. Um, in terms of anxiety, it's girls wouldn't think that George you struggle with or you you yeah you fight every day. But in such a short space of time, you now regularly do lives. Um, you, you see him in networking events, and you wouldn't even believe he's got anxiety. You wouldn't even suspect it. But it's definitely something that, especially if someone's got a business that they're running on their own. There should definitely be more support or more discussions with. Do you want to add on? Yeah, that? and I just wanted to just give a few, just a couple of tips, just basically. Um, when people are having anxiety uh, through business, it, it can be very scary, especially when you're going to things like public speaking or Facebook lives or webinars or even podcasts and and things like this. But but the thing you've got to understand is it, it is 
it's just exposure. It's it, doing stuff that you don't like doing and just keep doing it and you it will become a lot easier. And on top of that, it's making sure that you, you know, you focused on the cognitive behavior therapy side of things. And there's a lot of books that are absolutely brilliant to help you in certain scenarios like that, where you can override, you know, your bad thoughts with your good thoughts and sort of keep repeating that process. And it also it almost becomes like an autopilot in your brain where you just think positive rather than negative all the time. A great book that's helped me a lot is um the Chimp Paradox, it's absolutely brilliant. It's all to do with uh, confidence, success and happiness. And, um, and there's a lot of um, people who have read it and given great reviews actually within the book. For example, Stephen Gerrard, the footballer, pretty much um, owes his success to the book, he says. So, so yeah, um, that's, that's, that's pretty much the, the advice that I'd give in regards to anxiety and business. And I think with mental health, just to add on that, I think with property, going back to what you said just now, so many people just think property is easy, but you actually need to have a really tough skin. There's so many rejections. There's so many offers you need to put in um, that you receive no's on before you even get them accepted. There's, there's problems with refibs, but you can get through all of it and you do get those yeses. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a hot topic. Yeah, firstly, I want to thank you guys for the appreciate uh, for the honesty, because I think most people um, won't admit that everything's that there is something wrong. And we have, you know, we do have anxiety among us entrepreneurs, uh, but nobody really kind of openly talks about that. So I, especially as a man, I think I appreciate, George, that you've, you've opened up and you, you've kind of mentioned that on this podcast, because I think this is something that you know, I feel very close to. And, and I think we need to have more conversations around this. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, um, as well. Going forward, um, sourcing, right? It's 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 a very um, you know people talk about you know it's the best way to get into property. You guys have had a success in a short space of time. What are your best tips for for being uh, for being a sourcer that that once you know results uh, in that you guys have had? Um, a key thing that I always exaggerate is just building a brand um you know being on as many social profiles as you possibly can and just documenting your journey and showing everyone what you do put the highs and the lows and you create you know a trust with everyone and these people are going to watch your, your journey and you know it might take them three or four months to give you a message some sometimes it only takes a week but it's, it, i truly believe that building a brand is the number one way to get clients and number one way to build trust within a business and um we found that a lot of our success has also come from actually focusing more on the brand and focusing on the fact that you have a consistent style a consistent theme and a consistent color because ever since we've um, sort of implemented that we found that we've become a lot more recognizable and a lot more professional and since then we've had a lot more engagement as well so i believe that's definitely one point for we've been successful in um in uh in sourcing and i'll let hannah talk about yeah i think another tip for, for sources and just investors in general really is the power of the follow-up i know we discuss this quite a lot and um, there's so many like i just said there's so many properties you'll offer on that you'll receive a no first time round, but it's so powerful if you track all your offers, because it's it's surprising how many times we'll then phone a few 
few weeks later and say, look, are they, is the seller now open to our original offer? We can see it has not sold and how many times that's worked. Um, but also keep track of your offers because when it, there's so many times estate agents have phoned us to then say, are you still interested in this offer you put in before? Not Just because you've received the note first time doesn't mean you're not going to then purchase that property. It just means there might be a bit of a wait. So, yeah, definitely track offers and follow up on them. Yeah. And it comes to building relationship with investors. What are you guys? What, what advice do you guys have to build relationship with investors? Because you guys have obviously done that, right? You know, you're having eighty percent funded by an investor for uh, for a few of your deals. So, you know, tell us about building relationships with investors. You know, talk us about some of the advice that you've given. It comes to finding them, but also building relationship with investors. I think it's crucial to be well one yourself. At the end of the day, um, people want to work with people. Um, it's all about your personality. It's about being truthful, open, honest. I mean, no one knows everything. So if you've got an investor trying to ask you a load of questions and you can't answer them all, that is okay. Um, I think it's, it's quite powerful turning around to actually admitting that you don't know something, but you'll go away and find out the answer. Uh, if you try and blag that you know everything, it, you people can see right through that it, it's about showing your personality and um, people want to work with honest people who are driven who have passion about what they're what they're doing i think the way we've a lot of the way that we found our investors both clients and private funders have been through um our social media and i think that is because of we get our personalities across and we do a lot of lives or videos that are natural and not always completely scripted. So, yeah, I think is that and having all the information ready that they'd want to see. So our investor pack that we've created, I think it's nearly 30 pages long, but it's not waffle. It's actual information people would want to see. It's before and after photos of research. It's information about us and our background and what we can offer and why people should work with us instead of others. So. Kind of yeah, and definitely just giving as much detail as you possibly can to, to you know, make them feel comfortable and confident. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, putting the comparables there, the, comparables, the rental comparables, as much information as you possibly can in that deal to show why it's a good deal and why you, they should invest in you. Um, but yeah, I think Hannah's pretty much covered is that you, you really do need to be honest and trans, you know all the time because if you if you lie about anything people you know people sooner or later are going to see through you mm -hmm. and you've got to work for the long term relationships not just for the short term gain. Mm. So, so I think a lot of people struggle with with actually getting a deal or get moving you know getting to that final stage because you can find a deal you can find an investor. What are some of the things that you need to have in place, for example, contracts, what do you need in place for you guys to get that deal over the line? Because I think there's a lot of conversations happening and this is, you know, quite normal for any person who's doing sourcing or anyone's in property. You know, this quite it's pretty normal. So how do you how do you get that deal across the line? I think as a sourcer, you definitely need to make sure you're compliant. Um, you want to have all the correct things in place, so your anti-money laundering um, license, you want to be registered with a property redress scheme, etc. Um, you need to make sure you have all the right things in place, a good build team ready to carry out the refurb, you are reliable and trustworthy. Um, what else is there? Yes, yeah, so it's, it's just everyone within your power team, isn't it? Yeah. So it's having a, a great letting agent um, on the back end, 
or um, you know, an estate agent that can sell the property. It's having a great solicitor in place, a great broker in place. It's just having building that great power team and also just making sure that getting a bill across the line, you always want to make sure you have a solid you have solid T's and C's as mm -hmm. well. And we truly recommend that yes, you can just print something offline, but it is definitely worth going to a solicitor and just making sure that everything there is, you know, watertight and it's and it's correct to the way that you run your business. Yeah. Mm. And you, you know, we, we've talked, uh, you've touched upon, you know, personal branding and social media. How, how important is it? And and what advice would you give to anyone that's building their brand on social media? Because there's so many different ways in which we can build our brand. Um, what are some of the things that you guys did that you saw that were pretty successful? Yeah. So there's, I mean, I mean you definitely need to be be consistent. I mean. We look to do about 30 minutes to 60 minutes a day of just planning content and then putting content out. Um, try and get across all the social media channels if you can. I mean, some are going to be your favourite, but at least you've got a presence on all of them. So if people search you, you're there. Um, be you. So just be the person you are and you will attract the people that you want to attract and the people that you do business with. Um, document your journey. Um, but also, as well as document your journey, create content as well. There's two things, sort of ways that you can look at uh, personal brand. But it's also, like I said earlier as well, it's having that consistent style, that consistent theme, that consistent colour to be recognisable. Um, I mean, they're, they're probably the main things that I would say in building a personal brand. Um, yeah. I think that's How do you guys plan out your content? Sorry, say that again. How do you guys plan out your content? So most of the time, we'll just think of something that's, you know, relevant to what we've done maybe in that day. And what we usually do is we'll put a title, so a title that catches someone's attention to begin with. Make sure it's something. There's a brilliant book called Seven Seconds of Marketing, and it's about focusing on the consumer rather than yourself. So focusing on what they would think. So rather than saying something like, um, uh, join our mailing list as the catch, have something like, you know, um, what's the one that we usually go for? Um, who do you know yeah. that, you know, who do you know that want to invest in, who do you know that has money just sat in the bank, unaware that this money is devaluing due to the fact that inflation is increasing faster than interest rates? To have something like that to catch someone's attention and then put three points or something like that, or three things that you've sort of planned and then video around that and, you know, you can flush out of those points or if it's just a post you can just put those points down and then just have a question at the bottom as well to make sure people can engage to you know create more people engaging then you get more of a reach mm -hmm. so that's the sort of way that we plan our content isn't it every, every single time pretty much yeah and george is in uh, george is responsible for all of our social media it's pretty much like a hobby yeah <laughs> hobby um but george is constantly note taking on ideas that have come to his head or uh, an experience that we've had that he wants to share with others because of it's all about documenting your journey for showing the highs and lows. Yeah. So, you know, that it, a lot of it comes from what we've actually done that week or that day. Yeah, exactly. And, and another good thing to do with planning content is I actually have a, a folder on my phone on photos that is just screenshots of when I'm scrolling through social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, anything. And I find something that someone's given out some good content. So I screenshot it. And then that I can plan around that and it gives me sort of like inspiration and I can sort of take my own angle and what I think of their post 
and post it to my, on, on our own social media, yeah. having our own view on that topic. So that's another good thing is to always just screenshot something that you find interesting or something that you believe you can create content on and, and having a little folder just full of screenshots. How much time do you guys spend on social media? I'm very curious now. Okay, so George's full-time job. I probably, I, I honestly probably spend about as soon as I get up, I do a social media round, mm. and I probably spend about, I mean, an hour probably on a morning. Yeah, probably about an hour on a morning, and then at night time, I probably spend about another hour. So I'm probably spending about two hours a day on social media, but it's what drives so much of our business. So it's just so worth the return on investment. is absolutely massive. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's super powerful. You know, we talked about you know past branding. We talked about property. We talked about the advice that you have for other sources. Let's talk about mindset. What are you guys? What what do you think has given you guys that mental edge in, in order for you to to get to where you want to get to? Um, I think I've always been a positive person, which I think has then rubbed a bit off on you. My I think you've done a lot of growth, haven't you, with your mindset? Yeah. And you've looked a lot into mindset and what to, how to help. And yeah, it's 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 being it's going to a lot of networking events as well. And like I said earlier, it's just being around those positive people. It really does help. And um, we've actually been on quite a few training programs as well. Um, we've been on the MapQuest Entrepreneur Accelerator program. Um, yeah. And that was that was really really good to you know it gave so many good tips in regards to mindset and everything like that and all to do with you know having a having a growth mindset over a fixed mindset and um and the fact that you know there's, there's two or three elements that i always look at and it's the fact that if, if you see someone else being successful if you have a fixed mindset you're going to start thinking things like jealousy and stuff like that however if you have a growth mindset you look at you know how you can learn off them and you be happy for them and you and you move forward and stuff like that and it's just like if you get criticized with something if you have a fixed mindset you're going to start thinking that you know they're it's offensive or something like that but if you have a growth mindset you start thinking oh it's constructive criticism and i can learn from that again it's all about having that growth mindset and you know any boundary that you sort of come across if you had a fixed mindset you would just sort of think Oh, I can't get around this. This is impossible, and just you just give up. But the growth mindset is sort of looking past that and thinking, right? There's definitely a way around this, and I know I can get around it. And it's and it and it's all to do with the law of attraction that I absolutely love as well. Is is the idea that you know you've got this you've got this sort of end goal and you vision it every single day, and it also almost becomes a video in your head. And if you do everything you possibly can to get there, and you won't let anything stop you, you will get there. And I, I'm a true believer in the law of attraction. Okay, so how? So you know, obviously, you guys are, are superbly uh, positive when it comes to everything. How do you surround yourself with positive people? Like, is it just about connecting with people on social media, or, or is there sort of like, you know, do you have? How do you separate that with your friends and your family as well? Because they can often look at you and think, okay, what's he? What's he up to? What's he doing? How do you stop from? having the people who are slightly negative affecting you especially um, the ones yeah so i think everyone goes through this as well i know when we first told friends and family that we were launching a business everyone's first reaction is to is to be negative and sometimes that isn't out of people being mean that's out of people trying to um 
what's the right to defend you they're trying to stop you from being hurt because that's everyone's first um first thought well when you think how many businesses actually fail they're instantly wanting to shield you from that um i think it's knowing when to take things with a pinch of salt when to accept uh, expect someone's going to be negative and just seeing it as a noise um, to begin with, I used to get really angry and I'd want to debate with people and make them see that everything was going to be okay. But I think it, a bit of it is just accepting it and ignoring it, letting them have their say and then just forgetting what they've said. Um, I, I just personally see it as negative energy to feed on. <laughs> yeah. Just, just you know, if, if someone is going to be negative, it happens and your family members generally do. Um, but you've just got to, you know, surround yourself with positive people as much as you possibly can and and just don't let those negative comments ever affect you and just think like it's going to happen i'm going to make sure it's going to happen yeah and i'm going to prove that it's going to happen it's finding the balance if someone's being negative now and again and you know they mean no harm then that's kind of what you take with a pinch of salt if there's someone in your life that's repetitively negative and um, and you really notice that and I think that you can everything you do they're negative towards then you, you need to remove those people from your life yeah, yeah. and do you slightly, slightly different question but do you guys do you guys argue much uh, between each other is this something that does it happen quite often or do you guys are like okay do you know how to deal with because a lot of people who are going into business partnerships or even life partnerships it's like they struggle with this okay how to deal with an argument or how to deal when something comes up do you guys have any advice on that or do you you know what's what's the story there yeah i mean every couple bickers once you get into a business together that heightens and then when you're in lockdown together because of coronavirus you bicker even more and <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, I would say it's just bickering, um, and we're both, it's really weird, we're both stubborn people, but we hate not speaking at the same time. It's very rare that we have an argument that involves us then not speaking to each other, and we've definitely not gone a day without speaking to each other. Um, I think being in a business together, it's easier to snap at each other than you would do if that was someone you were working with that you wasn't in a relationship with, don't get me wrong, running a business with your partner is always going to have its challenges, but we always remind each other that what our goals are, our vision board, what we're trying to achieve, um, and at the end of the day, bickers tend to come from stress, yeah. so once you remove yourself from the situation, um, take a breather, and then look at it from another angle, whatever the problem is, it can normally be easily resolved. Yeah. George, your response? Any advice for that? I'm pr I've pretty much, Hannah's pretty much just taken everything out of my uh, out of my mouth there, and uh, I don't really have much to add there. I think um, I think yeah, as Hannah said, it's you know if 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 you do bicker and you and you, it's just removing yourself from that situation and going for a walk and um, and just and just you know taking a break and letting your mind have a have a rest and then and then once you take that break and you both come back, you, your brain's fresh sometimes like it was going back to what we were talking about earlier as well it's that um a lot of people think that being productive is all to do with so much hard like just hard work hard work and just bouncing through all this stress but but really you need to make sure that you take a break and you exercise and you have healthy eating um, and all that sort of thing in order in order to be successful and, and not be counterproductive 
what sort of hobbies do you guys have? Because it's like, I know we don't often talk about this in, in terms of business, like not many people even bring up their hobbies at all. What sort of hobbies do you guys have that you guys do in your spare time? Um, we for a dog that we both adore, who <laughs> takes up a lot of our time. So every day, just having a nice, fresh walk. Um, we both love traveling. We actually met traveling. So one of the reasons we got into property is so we could free up time to do more traveling. So whenever we get a chance, we uh, we squeeze a holiday in some way. But in yeah. terms of daily hobbies, well, we exercise, we play squash, and mm-hmm. um, we do love a walk. Um, I feel like a hobby of mine is actually social media as well now. That's not like... mine. <laughs> that is not mine. <laughs> I feel like I actually really do like enjoy social media at the same time as it being a business. It's like, something that I sort of enjoy. So I think that's become quite a hobby of mine as well. Um, but yeah, I think they're, they're probably our main hobbies, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I mean, I used to play a lot of football, but I don't play that much anymore. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much covered our, our hobbies. So, how, so George, how do you switch yourself up from social media then? Is there, is there like, because it happens if you can get so sucked into our phone and we sit there for hours and hours. How do you yeah. snap yourself out of it? <laughs> I take your phone off him. <laughs> um, we've always had a rule: there's no phones at dinner ever. Um, so we pretty much have dinner at the same time every night. So we both know straight away, no matter what's happening, whatever's going on, phones go down, and they pretty much go down for the night. Then I mean. If I'm cleaning or doing something after dinner, you'll probably still go on and do some stuff. But they, there's probably come nine o'clock when we sit down and watch TV every night just to switch off to make sure you have a good sleep. You do need to make sure you've switched off for a good hour before. There is no phones. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, we're probably coming to the end of the podcast, but I want to ask you a few different questions. Um, one of them being, what is your, um, what's your top three pieces of advice for in life in general? So take away business, take away property. You know, what is what 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 advice would you give to everyone about life in general? Yeah, so I think the the, the main one, and Hannah always um, speaks about this as well, is it's just do it, feel the fear and do it anyway. Um, people overthink and get scared of things and come up with a million reasons. You know why they couldn't do something or why they shouldn't do something or why they're not good enough but you want to live this you've got one life and you want to live the life that you want to live and you don't want to you know 10 years back down the line look back and have regrets but if you go for something and you work so hard at it and you become successful you won't have regrets so that's definitely a big bit of advice that i give to people another one is don't let boundaries stop you and like i said earlier again it's the go for no um you know Every step, every no is one step closer to a yes. And it's just knowing that in business and property and stuff like that, it's always a numbers game and you've just got to keep going and keep going and keep going um, and you will get the results. I think one tip I would give, um, which kind of summarizes a lot of the things that we've spoken about, is find something you love um, and obviously make it a hobby, but if you can make it your job as well, even better. Um, but definitely find something that you're passionate about. Um, just so in terms of mental health, in terms of finding something to do, it, it's just something that you've got to look forward to that you can continually do. So if you can make that your business as well, then you're on to a winner, but definitely have a hobby. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and yeah, the other thing is, is, is when you, when you do start a business and you do go into the entrepreneur life, just, 
don't be ashamed of what you do. Tell everybody what you do. Yeah, be confident. Just be confident and sh and just just embrace it and just enjoy it and just tell everyone what you do and just make it, you know, be happy about it. Um, and, you know, if you tell everyone what you do and you blast it all over social media, like we've been speaking about, um, business will business will just start coming to you and mm -hmm. you, you'll draw the people that, you know, you want to draw because they'll be drawn in by your personality and you'll, you'll do business with the people that you want to do business, business with, just the people that, you you know, have followed you and like your personality. So, yeah, that, they'll definitely be our, our top tips for people um, starting in business. And, and what's the vision for you guys? Like, you know, we, you've, you've had uh, a lot of success over the last eight months, you know, you, and you've guys uh, sound to me like really positive and everything's going really well for you guys. What's, what's, what's the vision for you guys going forward? What's the end goal here? So we want to massively scale our portfolio. We've got quite ambitious targets of how many properties we would like to buy. Um, a big thing for us now uh, over the next year is kind of systemizing our sourcing business, but also employing. Um, that's going to be a big step for us, taking on some employees. But that's going to be really exciting. Um, yeah, scaling. So it's pretty much scaling our rent to rent portfolio alongside scaling our and systemizing our sourcing business, mm -hmm. as well as also um, developing our, you know, our portfolio massively. But then at the same time, we have a lot of, um, we've done quite a bit of research and we started putting our feelers out um, for developments as well, just like you. Um, and um, there, there's an opportunity that we currently are looking into in London and we're looking to get investors um, ready for that as well. Um, so that's definitely something that, mm -hmm. that's definitely in our, in our pipeline. But, but ultimately, our goals are to be able to sort of give back. Um, ultimately, we want to go and help people out that are less fortunate. So, for example, go to places like Africa and, you know, help, help, help people that don't have the education and don't have the, you know, they're not fortunate enough to, you know, have running water all the time and clean water. So building a well would be absolutely brilliant. Um, and also just something really exciting for us would be investing in startup businesses as well, because there's all these new exciting businesses coming through. And, you know, something like being a dragon in Dragon's Den would be, would be really exciting for us. So I think there are ultimate goals mm -hmm. um, uh, in, in business. And, you know, you, you guys talk about giving back. Why why is that so important to you guys? Because I think, you know, there's a, you know, people in property, we you know, we, people often refer to us as money greedy, people often refer to us as people who just want to make a lot of money and don't care about anything else. Why is giving back so important to you guys? I think we've both traveled quite a lot and I know we've both traveled Asia and I think I've been to some orphanages, uh, orphanages in um, Cambodia and we went to a kind of jungle thing didn't we in Malaysia mm. so I think we've seen firsthand how um others live and there's almost that sense of not guilt I don't know if that's the right word to use but of course everyone's goals are to make money and be financially free and be able to do what you want when you want um and that's good but the novelty will wear out yeah. um so I think once you get to that stage then it's a case of well what what else can you do? What's gonna what's gonna make you feel good? How and, and that always comes down to helping others. Yeah, it is it, just what's life if you can't help out others. Like you don't have you can't you know money is 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 something that's great. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you know you only, you get to a certain amount of money that you can live on, and then why would you need to you know why would you need any more extra money when you can help others that are less fortunate 
and we've seen firsthand how horrible it is some of the conditions they live in and and it would just be absolutely brilliant and it would just make us feel so good as humans and just be you know just feel happy and happiness helping others and that that is definitely the main reason it's just it's just the happiness of helping others and seeing someone else happy mm, that's that's super important i really appreciate that um do you guys What's one, actually, here's a question, and I think I ask everyone this in every podcast, so I, I, I try and record. What's one thing that nobody knows about you? Yeah. Um, oh, that's a difficult question. I, I don't know. Something that you haven't put on social media that people can look back and think, oh, I didn't know that about them. Um, I know what. I'm going to probably come out later. What? Black belt in taekwondo. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hannah's a black belt in taekwondo. Oh wow! Uh, I don't know. Yeah, what about many, me. many moons ago. Um, I think that people don't. Um, yeah, George seems probably on social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I can't really think of one to be honest with you. Um, it's always when you're on the spot, isn't it? I'm trying to think of one for you. No. <laughs> so like George, George just puts everything out there. That's fine. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm a very open person on social media, and, and um, yeah, I mean, no, there's not one. <laughs> that's quite cool. How did you get into uh, Taekwondo, by the way? What was um, the journey? That I was young. I was very young. I mean, I got my black belt the first year I was in comprehensive school. So was that 13? 12, 13, but I hated it. So my parents got me into it when I was probably about five, six, and I always wanted to quit, but my parents won't ever let me almost to quit anything unless you've achieved a certain level that allows you to quit. So the agreement was always I was allowed to quit once I'd achieved my black belt. So I achieved my black belt and I was gone. <laughs> but that was when I was younger. Are you grateful that you that you were able to do that oh, now? Like they that what they instilled in my sister and I about not just quitting when you want and persevering um is definitely what I want to instill in my children but it's 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 such a good conversation starter or good to have on CV so yeah I'm definitely grateful they make it so that's pretty cool um and last question what are if, if you guys had achieved everything in life um and and you guys made all the money you guys pretty much and everything was kind of set for you guys and you were pretty much close to your deathbed and you had to write down three truths about life what are those three truths for you guys Ooh, truths about life um i'm trying to think looking at george um a truth about life, I would probably say nothing is as bad as it actually feels in the moment. Okay. Everything always seems worse when you're wrapped up in something. But I mean, when you when you look back a month, a year, however long afterwards, you always end up looking back thinking, oh, I wasn't so bad. You don't get wrapped up in stuff. Um, another truth about life. It's a difficult one. <laughs> I've never been asked that before. <laughs> How about something that's more like family or, or thingy related for you guys? More family or more personal for you guys, even as a couple? Uh, well, family goes with everything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Family is fa- that's that is a good one actually. Family is everything. Family is everything, and um, and yeah, just people, people is everything. Like 
Um, for example, so many people don't think that you like, you know, you, sh you shouldn't ask for help or you don't want to ask for help. But at the end of the day, that that is definitely a truth of life is that people is what gets you somewhere. And people aren't, no one is a self-made millionaire or self-made billionaire. They've always, or a self-made anything, like even success in their personal life, like everyone's got somewhere because they've asked for help and they've, and they've built relationships with people. So I think, I think a massive part of life is, is just building relationships and, you know, and like Hannah said, yeah, family is, family is everything. And there's more to life than your hometown, travel. Yeah. Everyone should travel. Yeah, I mean, it really does open your mind up. Traveling really, really does open your mind up to, to so many different, to so many different mm -hmm. things, really, isn't it? Um, so yeah, I think, I think they're, the, they're the three truths of life that we go with after struggling to think. <laughs> that's fine well i appreciate you guys being in the show how can how can everyone find out about you guys um yeah so we're pretty much dugard property on everything aren't we so um personal brands uh lord george dugard on <laughs> instagram and that's basically because hannah bought me a lordship for my Hey, yeah, that's a name that everyone knows about you. Oh yeah, that's something. No, yeah, something, You're a lord. That, something that people don't know about me is well, they do sort of know it because it's on Instagram. But um, but yeah, I'm a lord, and I have a, a bit of land in Cumbria in a castle that gives me <laughs> lordship, and I can put Lord George Dugard on my passport. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's pretty much George um, George Dugard, Hannah Robson on um, Instagram, Facebook, and then on our um, in regards to our business, it's Dugard Property on everything. Perfect. Well, thank you for you guys. Um, you know, there you guys have it. You know, everyone listening in to this podcast will will really, I think, gain some value from this because I think this wasn't just a conversation about property. You know, we had a conversation about family, we had a conversation about, about some branding, we had a conversation about mindset and life. Um, so I just want to say thank you to you guys because this is going to be extremely valuable and I hope you guys can share this to your community as well because I think this will be valuable for everyone that's listening in. So thank you guys once again. I really appreciate it. And hopefully we'll um, and hopefully everyone will see us. We'll see probably do a video one in person at some point as well. But hopefully everyone will will you know will tune into this and and, and just share it because I think there's so much value to gain from this. Yes, thank you very much. Thank Thanks you so for much having for having it. us on and um, we're looking forward to the part two. Uh, we'll take a trip down to Birmingham because we've got a lot of people to catch up with there. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll get a we'll get a, vid a video um, version of this um, both sides, so we can we can uh, we can get you on our channel, and then we'll we'll go on yours as a video. Perfect. Well, thanks, guys. Um, see you very soon. Yeah. See you soon. Thank, Thank you very much. Bye. -bye.